welcome everybody back to Armor Up 613 Men's Podcast here, where we are equipping men for the spiritual battleground, because we know men is not a playground, it is a battleground, and we're so excited that you have joined us again. Uh, just want to remind you guys that you can catch us on our website, armorup613.com, and also you can join us via uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and that handle is at the armor up 613 uh, I was going to say .com, but there is no .com. It's just at the armor up 613 So hop over there, join us on our social media platforms. We would love to connect with you. And uh, we're just going to get right on into it today. Uh, my name is Mark Rice, one of the hosts, and I'm joined by Mr. Aaron Wojcik. Hello. Yes, he's eating his Skittles. And then also... Mr. Jonathan Denton. Sup, fellas. Sup, fellas. And we are joined here in the uh, Armor Up 613 studio with a very, very special guest. Somebody who we, we love very much. And we're, uh, we, we've never had a guest on this show. And we said it's time to do that. So who can we get? We thought about none other than pastor, author, Vanderbilt Commodore fan. <laughs> DJ Shoulders. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Honored to be here. We're glad to have you. I hope uh, hope this will be a great experience for you. Yes, sir. Love what y'all are doing. Well, we're glad glad that you support what we're doing and in this mission. It's uh it's important to have some su- it's important to have some support. So um, support is important. Support is important. Amen to that. So, but anyway, how's everybody doing? Everybody have a good week. Everybody's but yeah, it's really good. good. Are you asking the audience or us? Well, the audience isn't going to respond to me because they're not going to hear this for three weeks. All right, well, I'm still <laughs> figuring out this Facebook Live. That's they're just watching yeah. us. Okay, you want me to turn this it's down? It's been a busy week. Aaron's afraid of Facebook Live. Will nah. you guys send him a heart and make him feel comfortable? <laughs> send Aaron a compliment. Send Aaron a compliment. That's really what I was going for all along. Okay, some affirmation. Yes, words of affirmation. Thank you. It has been a busy. I know it's been a busy week for me. I have a lot of traveling that I've been doing, and I'm actually I'm just wore out. I'm ready for vacation, guys. I've been enjoying the weather. Isn't the weather awesome? Man, this yeah. weather is it's a little turning, incredible. a little bit more springish. Oh, absolutely. Not as cold. Saturday, I already have it in mind. I want to sit back there on my back deck, brand new back deck. That a boy. In. Yeah. Grill out. Good little grilling. Have your friends up. Hey, who wants to get come armor up? Armor up, friends. Doors always open, brother. <laughs> All you got get some smoked meatloaf. Say the word. Oh man, Aaron is the best. That's what Justin Flores just said. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> thank you, but, one friend. Thank you, one friend. Um, so, guys, to give you um, an update, I want to welcome everybody who has linked up with Armor Up Six Thirteen due to the Mighty Men's Conference. Oh yeah. Um, so we had the uh, the opportunity to uh, promote our podcast here at the Mighty Men's Conference in Nashville that was held at uh, First Apostolic Church, hosted by uh, Pastor James Tipton. So all of you who are new subscribers and new listeners, um, thank you guys so much. And we want to just hey send you a welcome and a thank you. So um, give you guys a shout out and thank you to, to Brother James Tipton down there in Murfreesboro, who does the uh, Mighty Men's Conference. Uh, appreciate the opportunity for uh, us to share share this podcast. That's always with a great men. men's conference. I always love it. Man, that was incredible. Yeah, it's always well attended. And, uh, man, the word that comes across. I love the, the day sessions on that Saturday, the forum and yes. the split sessions. Absolutely. It was very, very healthy. It was good stuff. Yeah, it's, re- it's really cool to uh, be able to listen to the voice of the elders 
I think a lot of times we oh, forget yeah. about that. We feel like, well, they're out of touch or, you know, but we, there's so much, <clears throat> there's so much wisdom and so much knowledge that like we can, can definitely just experience and just get from. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, well guys, we're going to just dive on in. Um, this episode, this may be, a, hopefully it's going to be a two part. Cause I, I really think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of great stuff. We, we wanted, uh, we wanted, Pastor DJ Shoulders to be here on our podcast. He has written a book called Ridiculous, and uh, it's talking about a lot of things people are afraid to talk about. Um, talking about the D word, talking about the A word, talking about the F word. And you say, "Whoa, hang on, man! What kind of podcast <laughs> is this?" <laughs> His what did eyes I sign up for here? What? Yeah, what? Yeah, exactly. But we're talking about depression. I'm talking about anxiety, and I'm talking about fear. Um, a lot of times us as men we don't like talking about that we feel like it makes us look weak it makes us look like we're um i don't know right insignificant whatever else so um you know pastor has written this book uh, going through a season of his life felt called um uh, you know to write this book and so we want to just we want to talk about these things and we want to bring these things to light man and uh get some strength get some encouragement and also Find a way to to battle the depression, right. the fear, the anxieties, the lies that, that that we face as men. So let's kick it off, Jonathan. What you what you got? Well, you know, I went to a uh, a study group several months ago, and uh, they was it was a study group for churches and pastors, and they were sitting around and they was talking to us about different issues within the church, and um, they was basically coming to a way to where they was asking. Uh, everyone within the um, uh, within the group, if if the church or if people within the church struggle with mental health, and if they do, how do you address it? And so, um, of course, obviously, we have uh, a system in place to help people within our church that deal with this type of stuff. But what I found so alarming and very surprising is that a lot of churches in Nashville that are highly successful, they do not have a system in place to deal with mental health issues. If someone comes to them and they're dealing with depression or panic attacks or whatever, they don't have a system in place to help them. Uh, in fact, I was very surprised to even find out that one local pastor, uh, he refuses to even preach about it, to even teach about it. He said, uh, when I was getting ready to preach about it, he said, I started having some of this. He said, so I felt like, you know, I, I just could like it jumps on you or something. Yeah, it's like I couldn't I couldn't preach about it. And I was sitting there and I was blown away. And I was like, why are we not addressing some of these issues? And I feel like um I feel like first apostolic church is ahead of the curve uh because I feel like that we're addressing these things and one of the reasons why is because we have an awesome pastor that is um unfortunately had a lift through it, but also he's not afraid to address these things. If you know Pastor Shoulders, you know he's not afraid of anything, no. and uh, he's not afraid of, of those type of deals to address it. And so I am certainly, cer certainly glad he's a part of our life, and, and um, he's doing what he's doing. Um, so I would like to ask Pastor on this first round, um, you know, one of the things that was on my heart is the fact that men are less likely to talk about mental health issues. Um, you know, men have issues, we have problems, we deal with things, but men are less likely to talk about that. Pastor, have you found that to be the case or, 
Uh, what's your thoughts on people opening up and talking about it? Um, anxiety order, anxiety disorders in the U.S. are, are the number one uh, mental health problem among women, and they're second only to alcohol and drugs abuse among men. And so the Journal of the American Medical Association cited a study that indicates an exponential increase in depression. And with each generation, that, that, that thing just kept going. And now we know it's in, in, in college kids as well. So oh, yeah. half of the battle of this is realizing you're in a battle, mainly because our fears, our insecurities feel so true. And when you believe it's the truth, you won't fight for it, and uh, you will give in to it. And so when that relates to us men, sometimes uh, there are men, believe it or not, that are lonely, they're wounded, they're discouraged, but they feel guilty because uh, people outside the church, there seems to possibly have been a uh, deeper place for them to go to, but when it comes within the church, it's kind of been a taboo subject. And the old saying was Christians aren't supposed to struggle with depression, and then they really put that on top of men. But if I looked in the Bible, I would look at Isaiah, who called it being undone. Jeremiah said he wished he'd never been born. Moses asked God to blot him out of the book of life. Jonah said for him death was better than life. Job's struggles we know about. And then Elijah, one of the greatest men in the Bible, was in a cave and asked God to kill him until God called him out of the cave. So what did I just mention? I mentioned about uh, five or six men there. And I think a lot of it is the sign of our age, the times of our age. I picked a lot of people's brains uh, through this. And the more I pick people's brains, the more I discover there's lots of people, ministers, saints, in and out of the church people that have battled this. And, yes, uh, some of those are men. And then what complicates matters sometimes, especially for men, is well-meaning people that have, being honest, have shallow remedies that kind of add to the pain. And those those remedies would be, you know, come on, get over it, and just look forward, toughen up, and let's move on. Yeah. And they're well-intended, uh, but they're not no help. They're not any help at all at the moment. Here's the fact that and thank God for this, that while we are sons and daughters of God in Christ, we can never lose sight of that fact. While we are sons of God, daughters of God, it, it, for the ladies, we're still flesh and blood, and we're human beings. And uh, men can get discouraged. Men can have anxiety issues. Men can have burnout. Men can have depression. And I don't, I'm not sure where all this goes, but that's when we have to look at where that begins, what triggers that and what leads to that landslide that, if it's not cut off, can cause us trouble, and then the tools that you said to get out of it. Yes, it affects men. Yeah, and it's it's like we're, we've been trained to just, like you said, just deal with it, just get over it, just, you know, shut up and move on, right? Just, just, just keep it to yourself. So now we're dealing with, you know, men who have, that's all that they've known, that's how they've, that's how they've handled stress or anxiety or fear. And now you have like this, I don't know, I'm going to say an epidemic or, or, or what. Now people are like starting to realize these are real feelings, they're real emotions. And sometimes it, you just can't, you know, just, just suck it up and move on. I mean, and so how, how, do, we, how do we help the, the, the Christian man in this day and era, you know, to – to get that help. One of the things that I think is, is mental health. When you say that mental health, 
it automatically carries with it a derogatory meaning or just a, when you hear that, you go, oh, that's they not good. They must be crazy. Yeah. But mental health, uh, everyone has it. Everyone has a mind. Everyone has a mental being. And we talk about physical health, and there's not a negative uh, connotation to that. But when we say mental health, right. everyone's got it. And so my question to all the men that's listening is this. Is your mental health... Is it healthy or are you unhealthy? Right. Are, when it comes to your mind and it comes to your emotions and what you've got going on within your life, are you healthy or are you unhealthy? And so one of the things that, man, before we really dive into this, I want to back up just for a second. And what are some mental health disorders or some things that are unhealthy mentally for us? So we talked about depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, uh, anxiety, panic attacks, mm-hmm. uh, fears, phobias, uh, which is fears. And then we also have PTSD. Right. Uh, for a lot of men that's listening to this podcast that have served in, in the military. Right. Uh, I know I've got an <laughs> uncle that deals with that. And so that's mental health as well. But there's also... PTSD of issues that they've struggled with as kids. And so that's about five or six topics. Am I missing anything, guys? I know obviously you get in a lot of other things of schizophrenia and things like that. But I think that maybe like that that pressure that um just speaking for myself is like, you know, I'm I'm maybe that self doubt. Like that I'm my own worst critic, right? Yeah. Somebody could say, Man, you're doing a great job, you're doing this. I don't believe that. Yeah. Right. I just think you're being nice. Yeah. Right. So we put this pressure on ourselves, like to, I don't know what, how to even put it into words, but it's like, you, you don't believe that you're good enough. Right. Self-worth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Chan- the chances are this, uh, we're speaking to men on the podcast. Yes. The chances are uh, the, the men listening and, and those of us in the room, um, if you're facing something such as this, at one time you were a strong, independent uh, capable person, uh, people depends on uh, all that stuff. And, and then when something like this, you know, I talk about it in chapter one of the book, where did this come from? Me, how this, and, and the things that uh, Pastor Denton mentioned, fears, anxieties, worries, depression, panic attacks, w- whatever. Uh, where did that lead to this uh, particular uh, mental breakdown and how, how did I get there? And then trying to get out of it and trying to process uh, that situation of what's that look like out of that. And yeah. so for one year, uh, me being in the hardest times of this, uh, it's like the Lord, or part of this, whatever, open doors for me. I, I've sat with men. I've sat with men uh, that could, <laughs> the old saying, that could whoop a bear with a switch. They could take on two men at once and yeah. prob- probably knock their head off, but they couldn't. This was tackling them. And a lot of it was was thoughts, uh, and so we have to separate. Where did this come from? Is it the enemy? Is it life? Is it me? Is it circumstances? Is it all of the above? Is it chemical? Is it spiritual? Is it warfare? And you have to decide that because some of it can be a mix of the above. Because if we don't think there's an enemy in this, we're fooling ourselves. If we don't think some of this is a battle, like he mentioned, the pastor that said he didn't want to preach about it because he started to feel some of the effects of it. That's war. <laughs> yeah. That's warfare, and you don't want to sign up for it because. 
some of the most times that I've helped people, uh, I have faced some severe battles. Of, I don't want you to help those yeah. people. And you have to push through those. But every man that I've dealt with, and woman too, whoever has a testimony, it's all different. You may look at some and say, well, I would never be anxious over that. That would never get me down. But it does them. Yeah. And then what's getting you down, which would be insecurities, whatever, may not get the next person down. And so I think when we add this cocktail of emotions, I think it's a – I'm not saying it's a new thing, but if I read to you, you know, according to the numbers that have increased with each generation, something's up with that because the average child today exhibits the same level of, uh, of his anxiety as the average psychiatric patient in the 1950s. That's children today, not the adults. So it's in kids, it's in uh, teenagers and adults. I think I think the Lord's going to call us and help us to address some of this, not to just say good luck yeah. and, and suck it up and tough it up, but get some tools. I've, I've been doing some studying um, on some things that we're talking about with the young adults and getting into like worldviews and there's – there's two different worldviews that we've we've been a part of in our lifetime. It's modernism and postmodernism. And one of the characteristics of modernism was the idea that everybody has the ability to pull them themselves up by their own bootstraps. And you've all heard, you know, older people have a hard time relating to people with problems because in their mind, if they have a problem, then they have to they you know you're expected to deal with it. I mean, they came out of the generation like the 30s, 40s where there wasn't help. You you had to you had to make your own way. You had to survive. The people of the 30s and 40s were, were survivors. But you look in the, the terms of today's people, postmodernism is is the idea that everybody, you know, we all struggle with things. Life is messy. And there's almost more of a openness built into younger people to accept that we are not able to handle our own problems. Now that has various tracks from there. Sometimes it turns into the victim mentality to where I'm not responsible to make any decisions or life changes to help my situation, but it, it can have a positive result that says that I'm not, you know, responsible for fixing it on my own too. And, and so that you see sometimes it's almost like the age that you are or the, your, your view on life can have, a huge impact on how you deal with the mental problems that you might have. When I agree. 100%. You talk about like an older man, good. they're not going to ask for help. Right. You know, they're going to, they're going to get to the place where there's no other option. And, and, and it's shocking to everyone around them. Like, Oh my God, I didn't know he had all those problems, but they've been suffering for years. It's like, you didn't hear about PTSD from world war two vets, but you know, starting with Vietnam and all that, that's when it started to become more accepted to where now, Almost everybody that comes back from the war, and I'm not saying that some that they don't really have it. The point is that they are able to be more open about it and and get help quicker. And and so it's interesting to think about like how <laughs> the age or your view on life directly impacts whether you're or not you're able to seek help or even acknowledge that you can't do it on your own. That's really good. The other night I was watching TV and they was talking about the rise that's in uh, suicide. Uh, visits to the ER with uh, teenagers and children, and they said that it's been a double, a doubling in the last 12 years from the amount of kids admitted to the ER because of suicidal thoughts. And uh, it was 500,000, and then it, it doubled 
and they said that's that's begun since 2007. And I was telling Pastor the other day, do y'all know what happened in 2007? The first iPhone came out. Wow. And I am a firm believer that a lot of our stress and a lot of our worries, especially with children and teenagers, is a result of our social media, uh, our phones, apps, things that are keeping them so intertwined, and it's producing so much anxiety within their lives that we have got to be careful our engagement with these things, especially with our children. Um, I do. I mean, how many of us, if you're watching Facebook or if you're if you're on, on – You're guilty right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get off Facebook. No. Stop watching this. But how many has ever been – and this has happened to me several times to where I've left my phone somewhere – and I'm like, ooh, I don't have my phone. Yeah. Well, it's like that panic at first, but then I'm like, ooh, I don't have my phone. That's a great thing. And it's like you automatically feel less anxious because you don't have it. My point is this, is I feel like that there are some things that are causing some of our anxieties, and we're not addressing those things. And I think a phone is just a vehicle that, that takes you into the place where you're aware uh, with with uh, young adults and probably young people too, it's it's this thing called FOMO, which I didn't know about until fear it's the fear of missing out. So yep. it's like a big deal with, with young adults right now. Everything they think they're not getting, like marriage, better job, and, and but but it's really across the board. Adults, most adults, I guarantee you, the reason they're stressed and depressed and anxiety is because it's it's society's push that everyone has to move up the ladder. Everybody's got to, you know, you've got to have it better than your parents had it. You're 30. You need to have the things that your parents have when they're 60, yeah. even though they work 30 more years. Yeah. It's it's this idea of up the ladder, which is exactly the opposite of what God told us. He said the least of these are the ones who are going to be blessed. And it's actually at the bottom. You know, you go over to a foreign country and you can find somebody who has nothing but has no depression, no anxiety. They're not stressed about anything. They have nothing, but we're the most blessed country in the world, and we have the highest rates of depression and anxiety. Yeah, so last night in the small groups, we're doing um, Crazy Love by uh, Francis Chan, and I came in, I was a little bit late um, coming in from out of town, but, um, you know, we were talking about um, things that hold us back from, like, our relationship with God and stuff like that, and, you know, I, I thought about, somebody who has impacted our lives greatly. And that's brother Johnny Biggs who passed away a couple of years ago. And I just, I remember just like when I think back about his life and I was actually, um, I was texting pastor the other day and I made a comment about brother Johnny and I was driving home and man, tears just, just started flowing from my eyes because I remember how much Johnny meant to me in just a short amount of time. And I was thinking what I do with my life right now, the, 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 the career I'm chasing, the extra stuff that I'm chasing, this and that. How much does that really matter? How much stress does that add on to me that I really shouldn't be taking on? Because like, like we were talking, like I'm just like, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm wearing thin. Um, and I just thought about like what, how rich Johnny was, not in monetary things, not having the biggest, fanciest house, the nicest cars, bunch of money in the bank. But Brother Johnny was so rich. He was rich in love and he was rich in uh, 
the spirit of God and like oh, yeah. how that just flowed. Like he, he wanted for nothing because he understood what this life was really about. Right. And, uh, I just remember saying, you know, when I, when I die, I, I don't want to be known for, I don't care how much money I have. I just hope that like I have that kind of impact and just think about the stuff that we as men, like we chase makes, it's like in the end, it, who cares? Right. Who cares? It goes back to that old saying, it's okay to have these things, but do these things have you? Yeah. You know, are <laughs> they so controlling true. you? Yeah. Are yeah. they manipulating you? And that's the thing about social media is it's a direct pipeline into looking at what other people want to be seen for. Right. And so even though we all know that everybody's life isn't perfect, everybody represents themselves on Facebook. It's like a as highlight reel. And so it's just our, it's our natural human response to see what everybody else has and instantly look back and be like, well, you know, I don't. And I think that's why it's such a big deal with teenagers now as far as uh, depression and even suicide is because they they judge themselves against what everybody else puts out on Facebook or social media. And, and, and not not only that, but there's there's a meanness that comes across, too, from the other side and says, you know, well, you know. They, we have bullying. That's a, it's a whole nother. It used to be bully was like the big guy on the playground that pushed you off the swing. Yeah, not anymore. It's, it's, social it's not bullying. that at all now. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. but, social media bullying. But the, all of that has its root in we're not content who God ha, has called us to be or what He has for us in life because we're constantly looking up, and 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 that's a, again that's a uh, that's a fleshly thing to do. Which is why, you know, God is, he spends so much time telling people, hey, you know, you don't have to have everything. I will provide all that you need. There's a a passage of scripture that people, people read it, but they don't, they don't get it. As he said, I will provide all that you need. Right. How much men, how much men, men, how many, how much time and money do you spend preparing for your future? Now, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that. I have retirement plans and all of that. But my point is if we work extra jobs or we're, we're trying so hard to put back money and we, we never have time for anybody else or any, any other needs in life that we don't have any money to help anybody else out because we're so, we're working so hard to prepare things that Jesus already promised us Mm -hmm. that has built in stress and anxiety that Jesus is, is like, guys, you don't, I'm already told you that I can do this for you, but it's something that, again, as as long as we're looking up, trying to climb the ladder or, right. or pad our future or whatever it is, look, desiring that comfort that, that God actually didn't promise. Yeah. And I want to ask pastor shoulders on this because we're talking about social media and the stress. Uh, and he's talked about this before and I want you to address it. Pastor is how ministers, you know, after they preach or pastors, after they preach, they look for the acceptance on social media, the likes, the retweets, the things like that. Talk about that just for a second. Just just the stress that that puts on ministers and pastors, you know, that undue, unhealthy mental health. Yeah, and that's a another dynamic of the social media that people judge baptisms or or successes of other churches and then they if they're not careful they they let that get them down not realizing the old john maxwell quote the success of my day is not in the harvest i reap but the seeds that i sow right and um when you see well they got three likes and i got one or that one got this and that really as aaron said affects more than we think a lot of young people it's caused a lot of terrible issues 
because they don't know. A lot of people today do not know who they are, and they do not know whose they are. And we have a huge, huge, huge identity crisis. And it can even get into ministry. It can get into older people. And that would be a classic case of undue stress, undue worry, undue uh, unrealistic expectations, and that alone can bring on undue anxiety. Some anxiety just chooses you, whatever. That that would be some that that would be caught up where you can't allow that to choose yourself, allow it to get on you because of your own actions. The, the one thing, very quickly, that some of this chose me. I, you know, I, I was completely overcome trying to get out of this. And there's all kinds of techniques and programs and advice for treating anxiety. But a lot of it is talking about how to cope with it, not eliminate it. And I didn't want to just cope with it. I wanted God to help me uh, walk my way out of it. And sometimes early on, I didn't know what to say. didn't know what was happening to me. I didn't know how to get out at first. And and then you begin to catch your breath. And I felt, and and if y'all know this through the book, that God began nudging me to share that I was to pull out of this to help other people. And God kept calling me to being vulnerable, which I did to the church in the book. I'm doing it now. And challenging me that my story, my testimony was not mine to keep. That God had a purpose through all this, and 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 I chose to answer the call. So we could spend hours on the probable causes of anxiety and how they vary from person to person, including men. But the main focus is to acknowledge that it does happen. It's real. It doesn't make you bad. There's help and there's hope. And uh, you can't just tell them it's not a big deal and pat them on the back. We got to come to give them realizations. And and if the, if the floor is open in a minute, I'll talk about it. But one of them is what. Pastor Denton just said, you got to pull down certain thoughts. Mm-hmm. And one of them is, I've got to live up to a certain level. I've got to preach really good today. I've got to knock a home run. None of that is true. And in the last year, uh, I have learned to rest uh, coming out of this. I've learned to relax more and rest in God that all of that is lies. I don't right. have to live up to nothing. If I preach a good message, just to God be the glory anyway, if if something great happens. And I always felt that way. I've been a promoter of God getting the glory. But we have to eliminate any triggers that we see uh, up front to eliminate undue stress and anxiety because some of it will find you to begin with. You just got to start pulling down. Style. Oh, man, you got to let that go and let this go. That would be a potential trigger point because trust me when i say this i don't read this i've lived it that if you don't pull certain things down those certain things uh my anxiety which led to depression got so bad that from a to z any single thing could get to me very quickly but some of it you could probably back the tape up and i didn't get that and get that and get that solved uh, in my head which was lies from hell or pressures or undo things and then all of a sudden if it gets into like a uh, toxic cocktail of emotions then anything and everything what do you mean by that what did they do how did this and anything with anybody can begin to pull it down and that's when you got to have God to start walking you out of that and walking you through that and I'm a firm believer and and I'll shut up I'm too long here but I'm a firm believer that sometimes uh, that, that God wants us somehow to be able to walk out of this and walk through this and not take the easy road out. And when, when I say that, what I mean by that is this. If you don't take the time to, to labor through the tearing down of false mindsets, of lies, of any source of anxiety, you can risk 
returning to that captivity. So you got to be willing to walk. I know some men are listening to this. You're like, I'm, I'm where you're at, or I was where you was at, and I'm depressed, and I'm anxious, and I don't like this. I understand. But you're going to have to walk this out with God, even if it seems like the long way out. Because I prayed on day one, please take this from me, God. Now, I can't do this. And uh, God didn't do it. So it wasn't the way out for me. It was a way through it. But the way through it was a journey of healing with the guidance of his word, other people. I didn't do it by myself like Aaron said people do. And now I do feel like I can help other men, women, whoever. Um, so <clears throat> take, take, it, take us back to like when you first started to realize because I think um, as men, maybe we, we, we don't really see the warning signs and then all of a sudden we're off the, we've, we've, you know, we've derailed. Right. So for you personally, when you started on this journey, like what, what were those, what were those red flags that you're like, Hey, something's not right. I'm starting to feel this type of emotion. I'm starting to think this type of way. Um, because maybe like if we if we could like identify some of those things and then men who are listening, they're like, man, you know what? I've been kind of battling that. Like and if you don't nip those things in the bud, as Barney Fife likes to say, you know, it, it'll just kind of like that snowball effect. It'll just get worse and it'll just get worse. So for you personally, when you started, to, you know, this journey that you've gone through, like were, were there things that you were just kind of like, I just feel a little unsettled in this area. I just I'm I'm struggling with this. And then next thing you know, it's just. There. Yeah, I, I do think, and I've mentioned this to people before I, I, on this subject. I'm not an expert, I promise. But from what I've dealt with, I don't think it's so. It, I don't. I don't even think it's anywhere close to a one size fits all answer. Okay. Because I have talked to very strong spiritual people um, that may have a pain in their body, and all of a sudden they have went to fear. They've went to irrational thoughts. Now, it's, it's led to pretty bad anxiety. It's led to their depression. They may believe one thought in their body means I will die because my dad did or my mom did or I guarantee that's cancer. I'm going to get 500 tests run. And so we may look at that and say, oh, that's stupid. That's silly. It's not to them. My deal was this, okay? You know, I woke up one night. I was starting to have a few things I didn't understand, like anxiety, heart pounding, this, that, and the other. And, and, I felt impressed to write a book, which I'm not an author. I didn't think I was at the time. The title of the book, Ridiculous, 10 hours later, a man texted me from 600 miles away and said, you're going to write a book, but you're going to be required to live the pages. And you're going to write blueprints for people facing things, and you know most number one songs were written in troubled times. That's probably what started the anxiety, right, when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, What do you mean? <laughs> like, like when I first read the text, I was like, all right, that makes sense. I didn't know that from there it was shaboom. Yeah. And so I'm not, I don't want anybody to think anything super weird or spiritual here, but I think a lot of mine was, uh, you know, there's a scripture that said, I have chosen you. I had three or four people early on that would text me separately, two or three that said, God has chosen you. And immediately the Lord spoke a scripture that says, I have chosen you. If you've read this scripture, it says, but it's in the furnace of affliction. I thought, I don't know if I want to be chosen in the furnace of affliction. It's like I didn't have a way out. I didn't sign up for it. And so that led to sleepless nights. Um, now, this is a men's podcast, spiritual, right? Yeah. Uh, I have I have fought at the midnight hour hell itself. 
so early on it was very tormenting started losing sleep which affected my day the next day can i can i take can i pause right there and ask you something because somebody had a question about that on facebook they was talking about how they're losing sleep yeah yeah and they're having panic attacks a lot and they can't sleep what what advice would you give them because you was just talking about that and i want to maybe address that with them to help them well there so real quick young stop me when i'm too long there's several types there's relationship anxiety that people actually get I, okay going back to phones there's people that think well i text them and they hadn't text back in two hours do they not like me there, there's relationship anxieties there's social anxieties fear of judgment uh, uh, people withdraw themselves mm-hmm. in public none of that was me but it was real to other people yeah. uh, there's traumatic anxiety that people has been through some terrible things that are absolutely real to them and then that bandwagon that I'm big on this, I believe that bandwagon that the enemy jumped on for them. And then, and this was a lot of mine, okay? Free-floating anxiety. Free-floating anxiety. Okay. Because mine wasn't my past, my childhood, my marriage is great, the church is great, going good. This was not, nobody didn't like me. Mine was not, oh, I got a pain here. Mine was not, I had a a childhood. Mine was not, I saw something on Facebook that hurt my feelings. None of that was me. But free-floating anxiety don't have a real cause, but it's triggered by random thoughts that can suck you into the fear of a potential uh, reality, fear of going under, fear you're not going to make it. It can be different for everybody else. and, and so to break free from that, you got to start tearing down those thoughts because just because a thought exists doesn't mean it's true. And if you can't pull down those thoughts, it's going to lead to sleepless nights. It's going to lead to anxiety. It's going to lead to fear. And it can spiral down to that depression. But none of this did I sign up for. I'm begging you all to hear me on this. It just woke me up at night. Heart pounding, heart racing, panic. Panic of what? I don't know. Nothing much. So real quick, before you go on, I just want to ask a question to be practical. When you say you've got to bring down those thoughts or tear down those, tear down those thoughts, what is the practical way that you do that? Because I think a lot of times we say things like that, but especially somebody who's in the middle of great questioning, what do I do? I, great point. I think one of the things that he's talking about and tying that into the practical is understanding where the root of the problem lies. Go ahead, brother. No, see it. Well, it's it's you. You need to figure out. Okay, what is the root of my thoughts? What triggered it? Why am I thinking that? Uh, when we worked, when I worked for Metro, I worked in the alcohol and drug department, and one of the big things we talked about when people when they relapsed is usually with alcoholism or drug addiction, there's a trigger that makes them want to use again, and it could it's different for every man. Uh, when they're happy, some men want to you know drink, or when they get sad, or when they think certain thoughts. They'll pull the trigger and they'll want to drink again. The same thing is for men that's dealing with certain thoughts. It's like, what is, what's that trigger? What's the root of the problem that that's making you do that? You know, irrational thoughts can pop into every human being's head all the time. I'm not going to make it. I'm going under that. My spouse is going to leave me. My kids, something bad's going to happen. Whatever, I'll lose my job. And there's a million things. The downfall is when you begin to entertain it. And then you begin to ruminate on it, and then you begin to submit to submit to its existence. It will ruthlessly uh, drag you in. And my main point is, anxiety comes in different forms, different flavors, and and a lot of it can be trauma, 
past series of events. Right. Uh, but but sometimes it's our mind, and we have to. The Bible says casting down imaginations, and so this is a perfect segue. This is armor up, right? right. Okay, I've been in ministry now over twenty something years, and and trust me, you can preach a lot of things because it preaches good, and you better do that. But living through it is different. And so this is what I mean. When you take the whole armor of God, I did not realize that fiery darts really are fiery darts. And I wrote about them in the book. I had a man meet with me just on that chapter alone because if you read in the old times, they dip those arrows and, and when it hits somebody, it's flammable. What What's that compared to? We're not going out here tonight and somebody's going to throw a fiery dart at us. The enemy is, where does it come through? It comes through the mind. And, and so we have to take that heaven salvation, sword of the spirit, but the shield of faith. So as far as the anxiety in the middle of the night, I'm going to be as honest as I can be. A lot of it, I'll tell you, I've been through every test. I've had my thyroid checked. I've had my blood count done. I've had the doctor look at me, and so has other people that I know, including pastors. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong. Did you you feel that that was triggered by what you experienced um, several years ago when you got the diagnosis of the, the Lord healed you? Of that disease, right? Like Talking about cancer. The cancer, remember? Yeah. And so do you feel like the enemy maybe tried to plant that seed in your head that, you know. No, you're going to think I'm crazy. I was hoping something <clears throat> was wrong Was wrong with my thyroid because I had met a, a minister that was going through anxiety and depression, and it was all thyroid-based. They gave him a thyroid pill, his anxiety and depression lifted. I thought, that's me. You that's, was that's hoping you me. could find the, the <laughs> you were cause looking of for the, the problem. Root. Yeah, he was looking. Yeah. Yeah, I keep exactly. hoping I have low T so I can explain the weight gain and the, and the, and the fatigue. But <laughs> that's just those right, two packs right of Skittles in front of <laughs> you, son. <laughs> <laughs> and and since, this is, since this is armor up, yeah. I, I had all of that checked yeah. because I, I was certain yeah. something was wrong. Okay. Physically. And, and, yeah. and this is something that – I promise you I'm not being super spiritual. Don't judge that, please. I cannot tell you. It, it would be limitless. It would be over the top. You'd have to do 40 episodes of how many messages I got from various sources mm-hmm. that I knew God was up to something. And it's, a lot of it would be in my deep, dark moments of those nighttime deals. A text would come through. I'm at my church right now laying on the altar praying for you. This would be from people that didn't know. So I knew God was in it. Uh, a lot of doors, including this week, I've had texts from people, me and Carla, I've, I've mailed prayer cloth out this week to young people that are battling this. And so as far as the middle of the night stuff, I go back to what Brother Denton said, F- try your best to find the root, find the trigger, work from there, make your way back up. But I'll get to something at the end that that, that I'm going to have to get to that, that's going to have to level it out for all of us. Right. I want to say this real quick because it is a men's podcast and we're talking about some of this stuff. And one of the things that I love about Pastor is the fact that he's willing and open to say that it could be a lot of things. So I want to highly encourage all men that's listening to this episode to think, okay, check, do check your physical being because you need to go to the doctor because if you're having night sweats, if you're having mood swings, it could be something physical that you need to go to the doctor for and it could be something that you could fix. And so, not although it was spiritual for you, Pastor. Yes, it may not be spiritual for everyone. Right, it may be physical that's playing a part. And so, um, but obviously, this is a spiritual podcast, and we know how the enemy plays on us. I do well, want to add one more thing before we move on, and that's the part of 
you preached a message Sunday. Was it this past Sunday that devil is a liar? Yeah. Uh, that was so powerful because basically if you attack the root of a lot of issues, the root of a lot of men's issues is a lie that the, that the devil has told you. It's a lie that you're going to lose your family, a lie that you're going to die early. It's a lie that whatever. And so usually if you trace that all back down, sometimes you'll find a lie from the enemy and it's deception. Yeah, and when I said that Sunday, that doesn't it, okay, with well, Aaron's talking about each generation, the older generation, here we are now. Doesn't that seem uh, elementary? So I'll leave that word elementary. But then the apostle Paul said, uh, that he was concerned, if you read the New Testament, Paul was concerned that they would be removed from the simplicity of the gospel. In other words, we, we want to Google everything. We want to figure everything out. We want to have a brand new answer. And if we get removed from the simplicity of the gospel, we're in trouble. And that simplicity is this. The devil's a liar. Yeah. He hates us. God right. came to give us abundant life, life more abundantly. And if we, no, that's not a good enough answer. I, I read this real quick. I, I read this from somebody that was totally walked out of this. They had anxiety, depression, panic attacks, OCD. So they were at a conference one time, okay? And a woman came up to this lady and said that you're going to minister to people with depression, anxiety, OCD, and panic attacks. And the lady said, me? Yeah, you're going to minister to those people in the future. One month later, that lady started suffering and going through every single one of those symptoms to the point she didn't want to live anymore. She's a Christian lady. So God completely brought her through it. She wrote a book on it that's one of the most amazing books I've ever read. Watch what she said. Truly healing an anxiety disorder is not just addressing a physical problem that could be fixed by medication alone, nor a spiritual problem now watch, healed by prayer alone, nor a mental issue prevented by therapy alone. It was not any of the above. It's all of the above because each part of our beings is interconnected, completely dependent on one another and affected by our actions. And when you start taking all aspects of yourself ser seriously, you can see a great breakthrough. So we have to realize if God wants, God can heal high blood pressure. Yeah, but he's concerned about this too. Because we get up and preach mind, body, soul, and spirit, but we hardly ever really think about the mind. That's right. We think about be healed in your body. And so we have to realize, it, could it be spiritual? Yeah. Physical? Yeah. But it's probably a little bit of all of the above that God wants to walk us through so that when we come out of it, we relax in his promises and his provision and, and, and live out a witness to others. I, I think just all this discussion, the fact that we're even having a podcast talking about this subject I think it shows that there there's becoming more of an awareness of true ministry Absolutely. is not you you tell people, hey, I have all the answers and so can you. If you if you you know let me be your example, people are starting to realize that true ministry is more of a openness and a vulnerability that says these are my weaknesses, these are what I struggle with, and if it wasn't for God. Or because of God, I am able to survive. I'm able to move forward. And I think if we can get to, especially as the body of Christ, if we could get to the point <clears throat> where we, we weren't waiting to try to get through things and, and then, te like, you know, growing up, I never wanted to testify about anything until I was sure it was long in the rearview mirror. Yeah. And, and something that God has shown me now is you don't have to wait until... <laughs> 
it's it's long in the rearview mirror before you start talking about it because God can use the journey that you're on, absolutely, spiritual healing or whatever. And as you do those things, as you share and and you make yourself available to people, you'll you'll be touching lives. But God will offer the healing that you're seeking a lot of times through through your openness and your vulnerability and your willingness to be used. And, uh, and honestly, we, we talk about a lot, especially with the young adults, about how the church is becoming irrelevant in society. People, people, the church speak is white noise. People don't want to hear how good our lives are because, you know, the, yeah. the misconception is that Christians right. think they have it all together. But a lot of that misconception has come because we try to project that, that attitude of, man, we are Christians, so we can't have a bad day. That's, sometimes that's how we think. But to be more relevant and to reach our, our generation, it's going to take us getting out there and saying, oh, depression is real. It's something that we struggle with. But here's how Christ has, has freed us. Here's the possibilities and the solutions that Christ offers. Instead of saying, oh, you have depression? Well, come to church and, and we'll pray for you. Yeah. Well, I, I like what you said, Aaron. Um, you're talking about like how, how our weaknesses, how, how God helps us with that, right? So we're talking about Apostle Paul, uh, and I went to the scripture, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. You know, Paul's talking about um, the thorn in his flesh. That's exactly right. We don't know what that what that thorn is. Nobody right. ever says what that is. Maybe a temptation. They don't know what it is. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Whatever Maybe. it was, that Jesus said that he had to have grace for it. So, I mean, it's, that's right. He, he and, and Paul even said, he asked three times, take this away from me three times, but the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak. When I'm weak. That's when I'm when strong. When I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. Yeah. My... The problems that I have, the temptations I have, maybe the fears and the anxieties, like, I, you know what? I'm weak right now, but through Christ, I will be made strong, and I can get through this. God, maybe you've given me this this issue. Maybe you've put that burden upon on you, Pastor, so God's getting the glory. People are seeing that, hey, I'm not the only one. There's a, You mean you're a pastor and you're facing that? Yeah. Wow, and you and and seeing how you're going through it, well, that I want to see the you're you're exampling the strength that Christ gives us, and that gives us hope. Right, Amen. And your vulnerability will probably reach yes. more people yeah. than than you know, absolutely than the opposite of that. You know what it's I mean? True. I found that to be true. If I want to be effective with young people or young adults, me telling them, you know, well, here's where I'm at, and you can be here someday too if you work hard enough. That has no effect on them. Yeah. But for me to say, hey, guys, life is tough, and here's what I'm struggling with, you know, and, and if you're struggling with this, let's talk about it, and let's, let's you know, let's you find a way to let God, let God into our life. Yeah, the, the point of never let them see you sweat is not King James Version. <laughs> All right. One of the things with me was I, I started seeing people. This was, I'm not saying it was forced on me. I was sent there. When, when you get to a place where you're leaning on God pretty strong, you see different things in Scripture you never thought. For instance, if I was to bring in 10 people here and say, tell me something about uh, David, so it's going to be killing the bear of the lion, writing songs, killing Goliath, right, mm-hmm. and being anointed king. Nobody talks about this. 
Psalms when my spirit was overwhelmed or bring my soul out of prison so that I can praise your name. Th- these are not written. And then Second Samuel, uh, and I mentioned this a lot in the past year, he said, I am this day weak, though anointed king. And then he mentions a group of people, and it slips my mind, but he, the, the sons of so-and-so, he said, today they're too hard for me. And we're talking about a man that killed Goliath and whooped a bear in a line with his hands through the Spirit of God. But he said, today I'm weak, though anointed king. And he said, the sons, I think it's Zariah, he said, today they're too hard for me. Tell me what that means. Now they may be too hard for me, but they're not too hard for God. Mm-hmm. And then we, I like to flip it. Even though I'm weak, I'm still anointed. That's right. It's like Brother Aaron said, that, and that is a great point, Brother Aaron, because I almost that trick tried to play in my brain is you can't help nobody until this is way in the rearview mirror. And I have helped, I'm not saying me, God has helped people through it. I mean, there's people that come up to me all the time. Your preaching's changed. You've went, I don't know what they're talking about. I guess whatever, I guess they, people, whatever. But if I'd have waited till three years down the road, I'd have missed that moment. So nobody talks about this. David said, today I'm weak. We only talk about Goliath, giants, bears, lions. Let everything that hath breath make a joyful noise, writing songs. David saw, David killed his 10,000s. He said, but today I'm weak, but he was still anointed. So we've got to get people that it's a taboo thing on anxiety and depression. Uh, I can't tell you how many people's come to me during this and said, I was too afraid to talk about it. I was scared I'd be judged. I scared the church. I'm not talking about our church alone. I'm talking about the body of Christ Yeah, because they thought somebody would say, what's wrong with you? Your sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. It's like your, your strength level and your anointing level match up. Oh, I feel weak, so your anointing goes yeah. down. And I even had but, a pastor tell me, he said, he's, oh, my Lord, he's faced this hard. And he said, a man told him, don't you dare tell nobody about this. Yeah. You, you suck it up, show them how strong you are. And it's about. Yeah. That's that old world mentality, though. See. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and it was a. Yeah. Older school. Uh, yeah. An yeah. older that, that didn't mean bad. Yeah. But That's I promise you. But that, I promise you some of this, you can't. I told somebody this. If you could suck it up and flip a light switch, Right. That would be like me telling somebody with extremely high blood pressure, suck it up, it ain't that bad. It is. And I. so one of the things that's brought out, I've had to humble myself and repent because we used to think anything associated with anxiety or depression was. Oh, yeah, it was like. A, that's, ah, that's a mind thing. You just need to pray through. Just shake that's it That's what out. people would yeah. say. You Take just three hallelujahs and call yeah, me Exactly, more. yeah. You just need to pray <laughs> yeah. through. You just need to love Jesus And there's more. nothing worse for a person suffering from depression than to hear that. Yeah. I mean, because they want nothing better than, I mean, you can, you can relate. You want to be yeah. out of it. it. It's, it's like it's, you hit a wall though. Can we, can we take uh, just a, a detour here just for a second and talk about uh, people that are going through some of this stuff and they need to go see a doctor to not feel ashamed about that? Oh man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's know, a lot of shame sometimes and uh, especially within the churches because the churches have put a persona out there that. Okay, do pray through, and if you're not, if you're still experiencing this, it's because you haven't prayed through, and sometimes there's shame when they have to go to a doctor to actually maybe seek or, some. Or maybe it feels like or somebody. Yeah, maybe it feels like they don't have faith because you know the other mm-hmm. thing is, well, if you just have the faith, which is true, <laughs> it, but again, but, like yeah, you don't I, need a whole lot. I, I think a lot. <laughs> Got to use what you, you got. got. <laughs> and I do, I, I do think on that subject is you can't throw out. None of this has to get to the point where you throw out the God factor. Right. It's God enables us, right? Right. Um, 
so y'all know I, I I've chosen not to hide this stuff. So I, two weeks ago in church, I made that comment. If you need to see a good Christian counselor, go. I, and I mean for anything. If you need to go to a doctor, go. And I mean for anything. And that doesn't mean you go to, uh, you're talking about root causes. You don't want to go to mask those. You don't want to go to shove those under a rug. Right, right. Does everybody hear me on that? Oh, yeah. If I do anything that says, okay, I'm going to ignore this for three years, when it comes back to the surface, whatever that is, right, in our lives, the doctors can't help that if we ignore it. But there's plenty of things through counsel, through leadership, uh, and through doctors that can settle down your insides, that can pull your emotions back together. If these chemicals are out of whack mm -hmm. and off base with hormones or different things, there's stuff that can help you at the same time. You've got to be under people that know that their ultimate goal is to see you get out and lead you through, not to say, I'll forget that. Let's cover it up. There's a difference. Absolutely. And there's plenty of great doctors out there. I have a counselor uh, that, that, that people turn me on to, and I, I talked to this person. <laughs> it was funny. The counselor opened up to me. Yeah. And when that counselor went to the doctor, their hormones were so out of balance yeah. that it took a pill to regulate it. And you know what happened when she did that? Her family came up and said, thanks. <laughs> and guess what? They should, have paid, they should have paid you. Her <laughs> husband's like, we're not going to get a divorce now. But, Thank but, you. But listen to you me. Saved. She's spirit-filled, spirit-led, Holy Ghost-filled. She's a child of God, but her levels yeah. were toxic in her physical body. And so her point, and I'm done in 30 seconds, her point was she's reached out to me through this book and actually sent me a text that I told you about. Yeah. said, I need you to get whole where you can help me. She said, people are failing fast. And one of the things she said is this. We had a preacher. She said, we, I have no idea who it is. She said, we had a preacher come through a few weeks ago that said, everybody get up and go home and throw away all of your medicine. And she says, I need, we need that to stop. And I'm not talking about yeah. any medicine. I would, yeah. I would never look at a diabetic and say, it, yeah. it would have to be thus saith the Lord for me to do that. Yeah. One for, of, to do that. One of the advices that I give people, because I worked in this in Metro when I worked for the city for 13 years with alcohol and drug addiction, there's usually some type of mental health issues as well. And uh, one, of, one of the things that I always give advice to the people here in the church, outside the church, is if you go see a counselor or if you go see a doctor, make sure that they have you on a plan to where you are eventually succeeding and doing well on your own because there are some professionals, some doctors, who want to always have you being enabled by medication That's right. or constantly going to them because it's a money thing. I think it's very good that everyone goes, gets, in fact, I think every pastor Every minister needs to have a counselor that they see on a regular basis. I think that's just healthy to have some type of outlet that they can talk to. Um, and I think medications are good is what you were saying in some situations to where chemicals are off balance. But always talk to your doctor about, hey, I would like to have a plan in the future when I am doing better to where I can be weaned off of this. And uh, that way you're living back the life that you were living. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's important to know who you go to. And there was a doctor that I worked for. That was her approach. She said, Jonathan, she says, and this was literally, this was 20 years ago, right before the onset of this just depression crisis that we have. She said, Jonathan, she said, I'm a firm believer 
that most depression can be handled with life management and not with medicine. She said if people would learn how to manage their life and be educated on tools, she says, I believe that they could bypass medicine. That's not for everyone I know, but maybe someone that's listening to this, maybe just managing your life a little bit better, taking some stressors out, mm-hmm. counseling, talking through some things, you would be surprised what they can do. Yeah. I, th- I think um, something that's helped me throughout the years, because I remember see, I'll be, we'll be married 15 years in June, and when I right before I got married, I don't know if it was a red flag, my wife's watching right now, so this is gonna be funny. <laughs> it's a red flag. I um, I this the first time I've ever experienced panic attacks and anxiety, and if I thought I was having a heart attack, and it got so bad that um, I used to be a courier, and I had a route that I would run, and I was on my way to Murfreesboro, and I had a nervous breakdown. My brother lived in Smyrna, and I, uh, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it anymore. And I got off the exit in Murfreesboro and uh, went to the uh, parked in the McDonald's parking lot. And I mean, I, I broke down. I could not explain where these feelings come from. You know, I was in church at the time. You know, this and that, and I didn't understand what was going on. My brother had to come pick me up because I couldn't drive. And you know, at that time, you don't. I didn't know what was going on. And I, I really, I definitely would have been, um, very timid and not very open to share what I was going through. You just want to say, I'm having panic attacks. You sound like a weirdo, right? I'm having anxiety. Well, that's, you know, you're a child of God. You shouldn't have that. That's that time period. And I just held that in and held that in. And, um, you know, Kim and I got married and I, um, I, I ended up quitting that job because I was afraid, like I had a panic attack so bad, like I blacked out on the road. Yeah. And so I ended up getting a job in sales, which, Lord, that's even more stress. But I remember the doctor wanted to put me on mind-altering drugs. It was like Zoloft or something. And I started taking it, and I just remember, like, my my outgoing personality changed. Like, I felt like a zombie. And, I, and I, like, it was almost like um, I don't care kind of an attitude. Right. My sales went up because I didn't take no for an answer. I just didn't care. But I remember... Thankfully, being um, at like a men's meeting at Brother Rogers' house, yeah, and uh, man, the, the men gathered around and prayed for me. Yeah, Roger Trimble uh, gathered around me and prayed for me, and something broke. It didn't go away, but it broke. I just I said I'm not taking this medicine anymore, and um, I just dealt with it myself, which I really wish I would have been more open, but I didn't feel comfortable like I am now saying like, hey. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I really, I really, from my experiences, because I was that guy, like I, I wouldn't talk about it and feel like I could because you'd get that answer, you know, just pray through or, you know, you just need to love God more, some kind of crap like that, which, I mean, I'll just, I'm, I'm very open. I mean, I'm, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. So, um, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, I, I would I'm I'm almost forty years old now and um I would tell any man to please never feel ashamed of how of if you are experiencing those feelings. Right. Never feel ashamed of that because now if I can feel that coming on me, yeah. And there's times where I just want to not even leave my house, and I can real I can I, I can see what that is like I feel what that is and even just a few weeks ago man uh, I'm, and I know this was a spiritual thing that there was a spirit of depression that attached itself on me. And uh, 
I, I just I had to. My wife was like, "What's wrong with you?" And I was like, "I don't know." I said, "I cannot grab my thoughts." It was almost like you're in a in a maze and you can't get your thoughts to go. And I'm cooking dinner. She's in the living room, and I'm just all of a sudden. I just have a breakdown, but I knew what it was. And uh, my wife, very you know sensitive spiritually, I mean, she came and she's like, "We need to pray. Let we need to pray." That's that's and absolute truth. Thank, thankfully, that was like more of a spiritual attack, and we recognize that. But men, please don't ever feel ashamed to reach out for help. That's what we, I mean. We are in the army yeah. of Christ, and we need each other. And right. it's it's okay to reach out to a brother and say, "Hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm hurting right now, or I can't. I don't understand these feelings." It's Can liberating you? when you do. Oh, yeah. oh, brother, I'm telling you so much. So I just want to share that little, little bit. I, I have faced anxiety, panic attacks, and stress. And, um, and I've, I learned to manage it without yeah. medicine. I learned to manage it. I tried to figure out what's, what's spiritual and what's me just putting way too much pressure on myself. That's right. So that's the difference. Brother Aaron mentioned something about, you know, something like going through this or the book opens up doors. You know, I, I taught online to a Sunday school in another state a few weeks ago. When I got done, somebody, an elderly man, came up to the teacher of the class and said, I've been going through that. First time he admitted it, nobody knew. I taught this a couple months ago to another church. I had a, a minister come up to me and said, I almost walked away from my family last year. Wife good, family good, church good, good job. He said, just something hit me. and It got the best of him to where he just wanted to quit. It opens up a... A, a compassion, I, and I, this is not super spiritual, but you start seeing things for people right. in different ways now. So uh, I, I'll give you an instance. This morning I was I was praying, and I, and I, uh, a man and his wife at another state came to my mind. So I said, Lord, touch these people. You know their need. I mean, it's not two hours later. This text comes in, pray for me. This guy. I'm not making whatever, but he hadn't been on my prayer list. It right. came to my mind. Right. He said, pray for me. I'm not depressed or having anxiety, yet every trigger is being pulled in an attempt to move me there. Wow. He recognized the red flags. That's good. He recognized but the flags. I, that's why I have to equate some. a lot of this is spiritual. I wasn't that super spiritual to think of a man in another state to pray for him. I believe it was the Lord saying, he's about to face something. I need somebody to help him. Yeah, and that's that. That's that deal of, of being. I don't know. It's like this is. I promise you, this ain't no woo, but it's like somebody will drop to my mind, and all of a sudden I'll just text them, and they're like, "Oh my God, God!" It's like you feel that, and you don't want other people to have to. I need you to feel that next time I open up a bag of cookies. <laughs> I, I want to say this really quick because I know I know we're about to end, finish it up here. But I want I want everybody listening to this podcast. Everything that's been said here is a result of somebody's struggle or somebody's weakness. And and there's going to be people that listen to this and find hope, yep. and they and they're gonna and they're gonna be led to miraculous healing in their life. And so let this let this change the way we view our own weakness and our own failure. Our own weakness and failure, Satan wants to put condemnation on you to the way that you deal with weakness and failure is you run away and you hide in shame. Right. But what, what God wants us to do and what the body of Christ has to has to grasp is that our weakness and failure is going to produce 
the ability to have mercy and grace for others, not just ourselves, but we will never be able to reach the generation around us, look at their sin and be able to love them genuinely until we first experience and understand the mercy that's required in our own life. Jonah did not want to go to Tarsus because he didn't like the people there. He didn't feel they deserved the mercy. And he got he got swallowed by a fish and, and learned all these lessons, supposedly. He, he thanked God that he had the mercy on him after he threw himself over a boat. You know, and so Jesus gave him a second chance. He runs to Tarsus, but in the end, he still didn't have mercy on him. He was still upset. You know, so sometimes, you know, our the what what we can get from from conversations like this is to be relevant in our generation as the church and, and, and the hand of Christ is that we first have to be able to have that mercy that Paul had when he had, you know, his his thorn in his flesh gave him the ability to have mercy. I mean, he was he was in the third level of heaven. Okay, yeah. he he was so spiritual at that point that Jesus had to to send something into his life to remind him, hey, people are struggling and you have struggles too. And you know, I think again, we can never lose sight. Hey, we have problems, we have failures, but it's not necessarily has to be the end all to destroy us. What it can actually do is propel us into reaching people into he- helping God heal them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you had, uh, you had said several times and over the last several months about how the enemy is just looking for one area to pounce on. So it could be a situation that happened to a man. It could be a recent conversation that's happened. You know, maybe a man's listening to this and you're a pastor or preacher and somebody said something to you, or maybe you do have a physical condition, but pastor, you've said it so well that the enemy is just looking for an area of your life to creep into to bring these unhealthy mental attacks into your life and you've got to be you've got to be open to that and and you've got to you got to be able to see that and don't be deceived by Satan's devices. Right. Pastor, you got something you want to add before we uh before we close? Yeah, you know, this would be one of my ending thoughts with this uh, particular session is don't lose peace over something you can't change right now sometimes right. oh i gotta do this i gotta i gotta change that you gotta you gotta focus on where you're at and, and get it on god not your circumstances my, one of my favorites is psalms i laid me down and slipped i awoke for the lord sustained me it is vain to rise up early sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows he gives his beloved sleep so if you stew over things you can't control it's going to make your anxiety worse Right. Right? Yeah. So if if I'm lo- listening, if somebody's listening right now and you said, well, I, there's things in my past, there's things people's done to be, there's people, you can't control that now. Mm-hmm. You can't undo that now. You've got to pick up from where you're at. And if you stew over that, that's going to be the devil's <laughs> breadbasket to get to you and, and to keep pulling you down. This is my, my final thing, this was from a business leader, a top business leader, and he went through this, and it, it pulled on him, and it, it led to a crash. He said, I tried to, he went back and researched what happened. I tried to push through the early stages of burnout. I just made myself get up and get going, and I tell myself I can do this. I was bewildered. And this next point he made, I understood this. Where is this coming from? Because I'm telling you, you're talking about the heart racing. You're like, what in the world? He said, I asked myself that over and over again. I can, I don't know who this man is, but I can say amen, brother. Because you're like, 
Come on, God. What is this? So he said, when it didn't leave, I took one thing at a time. Number one, I focused on getting my mind under control. Second, I worked on renewing my spirit. And then finally, I worked on my body. Yeah. Whether that's walking or light exercise or whatever. But it started in, in this mind. And a lot of it went back to what you said about Sunday. Believing those lies are going way back to your past and letting Satan have a field day. You got to work on that mind and work on your spirit. And don't get frustrated if it's not a 10-second microwave fix. God Can God do that? I've seen him do it with mm-hmm. people on any situation. So please don't stop that. But sometimes you just got to keep renewing and working and let that mind heal itself over a course of time. You know, one of the things that uh, I just want to throw in here real quick, he talked about physically. If you ever want to reduce panic attacks, yes, physical exercise yes. is the way you do it. You yeah. release the endorphins, and your body has a natural way of, of de-escalating. Man, I have really enjoyed Pastor Me being too. with us. This is good I, stuff. Thank you. I was going to say, I, I, my body may not show that um, I enjoy <laughs> physical activity, but I'm I'm in a – I'm, I'm You just enjoy food more. It's okay. I do. <laughs> But I can tell, I can tell, okay. And um, I've done be- I've done a lot better. I have I've made strides in my health, thankfully. But I can tell when I'm not physically active. Oh. When I'm not physically active, my stress levels are higher. Yeah, right. My brain is is a lot more cloudy. But those times that I get into the gym three days a week and get in a really good workout, yeah. I feel better about myself. My mind feels yeah. great. I feel I got you know, clear thoughts and I just feel good. Right. I'll just feel good. So man, I want, I and I, we're going to end up doing an episode talking about, uh, you know, our, 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 our physical health because it's important. Yeah. It's, it, it is important guys. And God, you know, this is our temple. Let's just call it what it is, guys. Let's not be slothful. And I, right. I'm talking, I'm preaching to myself. You see me on Facebook. I, you know, those are things that I deal with and I, and I, I struggle. So, uh, I give that to the, that's my thorn in my side, that Oreo cookie. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Pastor, you say, you say you got one. This is one of my favorite things. If if anybody can hear this, maybe this will help. It's from Max Licato. The presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. Ooh. Anxiety increases as perceived control diminishes, but anxiety decreases as trust increases. So when I increase my trust in God, He's got this. I'm gonna make it through. That's very good. Then, but if you got to have that control, I'm gonna work this out. I'm putting my finger on it. You're adding to it. Yep. I, we used to sing this, or the old timers had this saying, and I know it's simple, but it's true. Sometimes you just have to. Even men, especially, we have to let go and let God. And letting go is hard. Yeah. And Paul prayed for that to stop, and the Lord said no. But you got to let go and let that grace kick in. Amen. Man, I've uh, I've been. I feel like we could keep talking for like two more hours. Yeah. I mean, I wish we could, but um, oh, my wife said no. Yeah. Your your boss said no, and yes. So um, so guys, I hope you have been enjoying this episode. And uh, pastors, thank you, thank you for coming in. Yeah, thank it's you great. For being I appreciate vulnerable. you. Thank you for being vulnerable, man. If you have not read the book Ridiculous by Pastor DJ Shoulders, I highly encourage you. If you want a paper copy. 
you can go to ridiculous.media. That's ridiculous.media. I'll put that there in the show notes. If you want to get the Amazon version, you can download it to your to your Kindle, to your iPhone, to wherever you have a Kindle reader. You can actually go to ridiculous.media and there is a link on there where that'll shoot you right over to Amazon and you can download the uh, the Kindle version as well. I, I highly suggest um, you do that. And also you can follow... Um, Follow his book uh, on Facebook. It's uh, Ridiculous by DJ. Um, check, give it a like, uh, share it. And, uh, and if you have a testimony from this book, send that on as well. We would definitely love to hear from, hear about that. I know Pastor, he, he, he loves getting those encouraging, um, encouraging testimonies because it just solidifies what God has called him to go through and uh, and to see other people blessed and helped. I know that really, really fulfills him. So guys, thank you so much for joining us here on Armor Up 613. Check us out, subscribe. Um, and when you do subscribe, hey, give us a rating on iTunes and you can also uh, leave a comment and that really helps us in the ratings as well. So guys, thank you so much for joining us again on Armor Up 613. We'll see you next time. Daddy, is that coming out next week? <laughs>